systems are offline. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. The Pat and AJ Podcast. Well, because they got great banter. They jib jab. Jib jab, jib jab, jib jab. Pat and AJ. I feel like the conversation we've been having in the last five minutes is a lot more interesting than the shit they're talking about on the radio. Just moronic commentary and stupid sound effects, and it's just dumb. It doesn't make any sense. It's the Pat and AJ Podcast. We made quite the discovery outside this weekend. Oh, yeah, we did. Right, right beneath our nose, literally. We were walking around the house, kind of figuring out, you know, what we needed to pick up and clean up before we list our house for sale. And Pat said, oh, did you see the big pile of poo? And I'm thinking, what? Like, it's a pile of dog poo that we need to clean up. Not inside the home. No, outside. I said we were looking around outside. That's what I'm clarifying. He's on his phone, so he's not paying attention to what I'm saying. I said we were looking around outside. There is... And he know it's an outdoor litter box. Our cats yeah. found like a mound of dirt well, and turned it into their own outdoor litter box, and there was shit everywhere. I mean, don't you say that every year? Um, being Midwestern folks at the moment, when the cats start going outside, you always say, "I have to clean the litter box less." Yeah, the litter box, you know, it the, goes down. The now intake I, inside goes down. It was just slightly dehumanizing to uh, be cleaning up an outdoor litter box. I would have left it. That's for nature. No. Not when we're trying to sell the house. Hey, man, it's a hot market. Take it or leave it, baby. <laughs> I, I was just watching the news upstairs, man. The average, the median house uh, price in America just passed $370,000. That's insane. That's the first time That's ever. an insane amount of money. Like, how can people truly not think that we need to make better wages to live in this world That's when a, the price of everything yeah. keeps going up and wages don't? And we're like oddly caught in the middle of it. Maybe yeah. maybe you're doing the same thing. Are you buying and selling at the same thing? Maybe you're buying for the first time. Maybe you're selling. Maybe you're cashing out. Maybe you're one of those. You're like, this is it, baby. Um, I am, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to Boca. Somebody on our subdivision Facebook page found, remember how I told you a couple of weeks ago that a house that was made by the developer that built all the other houses in our sub, except for ours. Yeah. Um, the original developer. The, no, no, no. The new developer. Oh, the new developer. Yeah. Um, one of their houses was going for like $400,000 wow. in, in uh, Swartz Creek, which is just outside of Flint. And somebody on our uh, neighborhood Facebook page caught on to it. They're like, anybody going to sell? And of course, everybody's like, I wouldn't sell anybody my home for 400 grand. Like, it's not worth Someone's it. Someone's willing to, to pay for it, man. There's a lot of folks out there right now. Maybe, I know. Maybe you're in the middle of it. We listen, everything is good because we got our stimmy today. Oh, so. yeah, that's right. Anyone else out there get that drop in their mailbox? Yeah. I feel like we're one of the last people to get it. And it's, See, it's fine because we're we're okay right now. It's oddly. But it was very nice to find that in the mail. In my mind, it's very karma because when the first stimulus came out, first one. Yeah. We were still employed. I was sitting right here when I checked our bank account. We got it on the first day. Life was normal. I almost felt bad about it. And I remember we literally were the first dump. We got it direct deposited and... I'm still confused as to why the other two got oh. mailed and not direct deposited. But yeah, we got it on the first day. And then the second two stimmies, which we actually could have used right away because we lost our jobs, <laughs> did not come until like the last round. But we so got it. I don't care. Evening it out. It's, it's okay. It's all good. We're letting our son spend some of the stimmy. Anyone else doing that? Let, letting your kids? Because see, now I don't... We can't, we can't tell him how much the... <laughs> well, like, yeah, no. <laughs> but it's interesting because in my time, I'm 42 now, so I've had money... Dropped on me by the government like two times. 
We had the 9-11 check. Yeah. Remember that when W is like, hey, go shop. And Unless we, you go shop, the terrorists win. So then they, we got a check in what, 2008? Then we got a check. That was yeah. like 250 bucks. And now this and is all these awesome and like this stimmies. flurry, yeah. this flurry of stimmies. Now each time though, like the 9-11 one was specifically like get out there and shop. Yeah. You need to stimulate the economy. So you were encouraged to use it. Now the COVID ones I feel like have been, hold on, there's no money. You need to pay your bills. It was yeah. kind of meant in a different manner because, like, in the memo, it doesn't say stimulus. Like, it says economic impact payment. Yeah. So, you know, I'm kind of torn. Like, I'm like, is it meant to, to stimulate or is it meant for us to kind of get ourselves out of the debt that we've probably gone into? I've I don't seen know. people argue this online all day long. And basically, it's like a tax refund, yeah, right? Yeah. And, well, yeah, but that's money you already made. Remember that? Don't forget about well, that. You, I know, you, I know. And you're the one who told and, me that. Yeah. I, yeah what did your grandparents always yeah, say? Yeah, that's your money. So spend it, you know, yeah, on spe- yourself. So who cares how you spend your stimmy check? Yeah. Be smart about it, but I can't tell you what to do with it. Don't don't tell other people what to do with their money. It's so, none of your business. I mean, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe uh, you got that check and it went straight to Bills to dig yourself out a little bit. If that's you, I feel you. I've been there and uh, we got that. Hey, welcome to the 25th episode. The 25th episode wow. of the Pat and AJ podcast. That's a quarter of a hundred. We're old enough to drink now. Look at that. 25. Well, now, no, no, no. Now you're old enough to rent a car. That's true. And that actually. And you'll, you'll have a hard time renting a yeah, car because <laughs> there are none. There's no cars. Has anyone, and I saw a lot of y'all on spring break. And I hope you all came home and quarantined and tested. Ah, oh, that's cute. I'm sure they all did. <laughs> they didn't go back to worker school today. Not at all. Who got caught up in Carmageddon? Anyone? I didn't know this was a thing. But it makes sense. I feel like they did it on the down low to stay afloat, and now it's coming back to well, bite yeah, them. yeah, I don't think it was something that they were proud about. So ex- well, explain what it is, because I didn't know about it till you told me. I first caught the huff of this from my Hawaii friends. Because Hawaii is going from zero to hero with tourism. Yeah. It's back, baby. And all of a sudden, it became impossible to get a rental car on the big island of Hawaii. Now, sometimes it's hard to get Oreos on the big island of Hawaii. (laughs) So, yeah, that's a bit of a different story. So, I was kind of like, all right, maybe that's just happening out there. And A gallon of milk is six bucks. So, it it could just be Hawaii. And then I saw it start rippling across the country. And lo and behold, it turns out that our, our rental car industry, to keep themselves afloat during a year when no one was traveling and renting cars, sold a majority of their inventory over 2020. And again, much like Hawaii, the whole country is going. Yeah. Whether right or wrong, zero to hero with traveling, and all of a sudden the surge in bookings is for an inventory that does not exist. That's crazy. Which means one of two things. Either one, you're someone who has not been able to get a booking. I saw someone rent a U-Haul pickup truck. Oh, my God. <laughs> she said, I did not think I would be renting a U-Haul pickup truck for the purpose of going <laughs> up north for a little spring break thing. So here's my question, though. Yeah. Uh, Turo. Mm-hmm. Turo is basically the Airbnb of rental cars. It's people renting yeah. out their own cars. Yeah, yeah. How's Turo doing? Because we sure, used, I mean, gangbusters, I would yeah, assume. Because we use Turo twice in Hawaii instead of the big uh, rental car agencies. Um, all I know is that availability has been short. 
too limited. People are paying exorbitant rates. And again, remember, this is kind of, we're seeing a the result of people been locked up for a year. Yeah. They've also financially been locked up for yep, a year. Yep, nobody spent any money. Think about it. For some of our brothers and sisters out there, I'm thinking of folks like UAW, where maybe your life continued as normal for yeah. the most part. Oh, everybody I saw who went on spring break, their life has continued per normal. They haven't lost their jobs or anything, so they've just been making money and not spending it. You've got a checkbook that you're willing to go, okay, do I got to pay 400 bucks for this rental car? Fine, here's $400. Yeah, just get me out of the house. Exactly, they're willing to. So unfortunately, we will probably see some of the... Uh, worse effects of capitalism but i will say it is because we've seen some of the best i thought about that today because ladies and gentlemen boys and girls on the 25th episode of pat and aj podcast i'm very proud to tell you that i have been vaccinated <clears throat> no 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 you've been microchipped oh, you yeah. are now Hold on. i want to get a windows computer dr spaceman dr spaceman Spaceman. (laughs) i uh, got vaccinated today for the covid19 uh uh you know uh, vaccination i got the johnson and johnson one and done shot this is not the two shot that a lot of folks have aj you took the moderna shot i did and you got your second dose coming up Yep, next monday and i uh had signed up on uh the genesee county health department website uh my local County Health Department, and I had gotten the the bing back that it was my turn, and it was the Johnson and Johnson shot, and I was like, "This is it, the one and done." So, how was it? Like, were there a bazillion people there? Uh, it was very busy. Yeah, very busy. We were at uh, Flint Northwestern High School. Now, it sounds like they had it pretty well down to a science, though. We were in there getting it done, and listen, we've seen some great corporate responsibility. Think about Johnson and Johnson and Pfizer and all these people. Uh, we know their names. We use their products all the time. I use their baby oil. And look at it. We told them to put their uh, pedal on the gas, and they did, and they got it done, and I didn't have to pay for this. And I waited my turn, and when it was my turn, I went and I got it, and now hopefully we can start getting all this nonsense behind us. How are you feeling? I feel fine, everyone. Have you turned into a full-on no. bot yet? No. <laughs> I, my friend are now, you growing antennas? Um, Of my, my core four guy friends were all now vaccinated so one i said we can all get together shirtless and, <laughs> shirtless uh, he said shirtless shirtless hugs you guys yeah, shirtless <laughs> hugs for everyone but it's it's hilarious because one guy who's gotten the vaccine by far had the most reactions to it and whether or not they were psychological or actually happening i don't know he's kind of a goofball but since then it's been this like little bit of a contest to see of course it's guys well and who can get the vaccine and shut the fuck up about it <laughs> and literally my one friend got the vaccine then got covid yep. because he wasn't immune yet and his co-workers brought it into work and he's complained less than the guy who got the vaccine he's, he's actually sick with it he's sick with it right now Okay. It's, it's funny. One of my dancers, her dad has COVID, and they're just kind of wrapping up their quarantine now. She and and her mom have tested negative, yeah. and um, I'm like, "How's your dad?" She's like, "Well, not as big of a baby as last week." Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so I, I've been asking Pat every like four she minutes. Does. She keeps asking me. Okay, my buddy's been texting, and like you know, probably texting me now about it. Like, just calm down. It's fine. I think, uh, and and that's that was one of the things I was very hyper aware of when I got my vaccine. Like yeah. my arm hurt that night, and I was yeah. t- 
tired, but well, yeah, like my armor, it's because yeah. I got a shot in it. Yeah. Okay, but, I got a muscle, a a muscular shot, not even like an IV shot. Okay, like straight into a muscle. Honestly, like we're in our late thirties, early forties, we're gonna be tired all so, the time, anyways. But I, but I, I didn't want to be one of those people who like psyched myself into it. I feel fine. There's no fever. I'm not saying there's not side effects and stuff, but for right now, what is it? Uh, what time is it now? Seven, something like that. I got it seven hours ago. I'm fine. I I had a worse magic mushroom trip once than the side effects of the COVID vaccine. That's so. a true story. It made me so sick to my stomach. <laughs> it was not fun. Like it was. It was that's fun. Part of, that's that's I know. part of the experience. I didn't. I didn't care for that. I don't. <laughs> I don't do well when I'm sick to my stomach. That's like the one thing that turns me into a <laughs> big baby. But like I was, I was so excited. I'm like, this is going to be fun, and like everything was funny, and I was giggly. But I also wanted to barf my brains out. Now yeah, the COVID vaccine yeah. did not have that. Problem. No barfing with that. No barfing my brains out, and you know it wasn't like anything was funny though. No, I wasn't giggling. But I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm waiting on, uh, you know, this. I mean, my neighbor got the Johnson and Johnson one shot, and he said that he he had a he, fever a the fever, first yeah. night. So I'm waiting, but nothing yet so far. I'm just sitting here like, all right, got to get the podcast done. Going to eat dinner tonight. Like there's nothing. Like I'm, I'm not slowing down. Yeah, we're tr- we were trying to make all of our uh, house packing plans around Pat's vaccine. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, let's just assume you're going to be down for the count after this day. And Seriously, she did. Yeah, and and, and I, I did counted the, them out for like three days. I did the same thing when I came, like like got back from getting the shot. I went like full blown crazy trying to get stuff done because you figured it was going to kick in. I'm convinced. Like, all right, I'm I'm going to be laid out. See, this is the this is what I'm talking about that the psychosomatic bullshit where everyone gets out there. And everyone starts chirping. And watch, I say this, and now, like tonight, I'm going to have hallucinations, (laughs) sweating buckets, or something. You know, and that's how I knew that my side effects were real because I didn't have them for two days, and then on the third day, I felt like I got hit by a truck, and I had already forgotten that I got the vaccine because the whole time I'm like, I don't want to be one of those big babies that's making up these symptoms in my head. That's it. But when when they're delayed, you're like, oh, I feel like shit today. Oh my God, I got a vaccine three days ago. So listen, I am uh, fully vaccinated. How'd you beat me? Look at that. You beat me. I will be in two weeks, I believe. AJ, your half vax is about to be full vax. Seven days. I'll be full. It's a full vax, not a half vax. And no, it's not just your timeline that is showing signs of coming back to life, but there's other uh, things that are, well, perhaps in your future, if you can get the vaccine. That's coming up and the good news. Hold on. Good. The good news with Pat and AJ. Right. Got the good news for you. As much as we are talking about housing prices, and there's some, you know, the prices are going up, and it's pe- insane. People are going bonanza right now. Remember, we had a lot of folks hit very hard over the last year, and there are people that were saved by eviction moratoriums, yeah, and legislations and laws that said you can't throw people out during a pandemic. So that's where our good news starts this morning. Now, let's talk about Margie Stagmeyer. Here's one for you. The uh, Atlanta, Georgia native was a Monopoly champion as a child. Oh, my God. How awesome. That should tell you one thing. Anyone who can really dominate at the game of Monopoly. That's a hard game when you really get deep into it. So good for her. uh, You know, no shocker that after she uh, grew up and graduated from Georgia State University, she got into the real estate game. Which people are learning these days, boy, you can sell that piece of real estate for quite a pretty little profit. Now, other folks may have learned that when you're renting and something happens like a a once-in-a-lifetime global pandemic and all of a sudden all your tenants can no longer pay rent, well, it's perhaps the opposite. What do you do in Monopoly? You go bankrupt, right? You go busted. So that's where, well, I suppose 
Margie comes in as the landlord of all landlords. Instead of trying to figure out how to evict her tenants or how to get money out of them, she launched a GoFundMe campaign. And she said, can we raise $50,000 for not only all the families that are in my buildings that I'm renting out, but I have other landlord friends that are going through the same thing because no one wanted to evict anyone. So that's when the GoFundMe went live. Uh, By the way, when I mean went live, it went live to the point of $1.5 million and... Eventually, Margie was smart enough to say, this can be a big thing. Yeah. And has now opened up her very own 5013C, which, of course, we all know makes it a legitimate nonprofit organization, which is raising funds to the point of up to $9 million at this point. Amazing. Which she's gotten from grants, from governments, from foundations that are looking to give away money to help people for this. She's uh, basically gone ahead and helped 3,000 families in Georgia go ahead and stay in their homes during during the pandemic. It's so funny you bring this up because I just read an article last night about, I, I don't know if it's a Reddit page, but it's something that's been around for a while and it's basically full of terrible black hearted landlords asking for advice on how to evict like basically saying so-and-so you know get rid of them evict them and they're like it's brutal to read some of this stuff you you know bad landlords are a dime a dozen you don't often hear about great landlords and when you do they're fantastic like margie well margie's staff went ahead and partnered with over 330 other like-minded landlords that represent she says over sixty-five thousand apartment units throughout the atlanta georgia area and they were able to offer eviction relief funds to tons of folks out there and this good news like all the good news is up at patandaj.com you guys make me feel good spread the good news now at patandaj.com so with me getting vaxxed, you half vaxxed? I'm a half vaxxed, you're a whole vax. <laughs> and of course, I mean, I assume everyone else's as well because my whole goddamn timeline went on spring break across the entire country. Oh yeah, they were all vaccinated. I'm sure, I'm sure. they all were. I'm, you know what? And they came home and they quarantined. Nobody went to school. Nobody went to work. <laughs> Broadway's back. <gasps> Is it really? How? How? There was a pop-up show last night and it's part of some kind of New York art scene. That's pop. It's called Pop Up. And it was a a 36-minute show. Oh, neat. But people were able to attend. They had all been vaccinated, and they had been pre-screened as well. And they were able to uh, go. They didn't know what the show was, by the way. Just go. And it was a half comedy, uh, half dance uh, show. That's cool. And I'm sure the list of performers is out there. Uh, That's not the only other uh, B that is back. Uh, Bonnaroo is betting that you will be vaxxed and ready to go in September. They're going to September. You know, originally I would have said there's no way people are going to be vaxxed that fast, but they are getting it done. So you said if we're both vaccinated and our son wants to go. He has to be vaccinated too, though. You'd be willing if the whole family's vaccinated. If the whole family's vaccinated, yes, I'd like to go. You want to go to Bonnaroo this I do. I miss it. It's... It's just a deep part of my soul. It's a wonderful place. I feel like it'll be twice as wonderful this year because we all missed last year. That was one of the um, reviews from the uh, attendees 
from the Broadway show, which was the sigh of relief when the lights went down. Yeah. And she said it was something she hadn't experienced in so long that it was a flutter of yeah, emotion. Like emotional, yeah. Bonnaroo 2020, which of uh, course was a lineup that was too good to happen. And it didn't. <laughs> has transformed into a fall edition of Bonnaroo 2021. Now, it keeps some of the lineup intact. And if you're like any average festival goer, your favorite act is not on the new one. <laughs> that's, where is blah, blah, blah. Where is, yeah, yo, that's, but honest, this is a really great lineup. The Foo Fighters, which serve as what we commonly refer to in Bonnaroo talk as the legacy. The legacy, yeah. Headliner slot. Now, this is the thing. When I first started going to Bonnaroo, and granted, I did not go in the early days, although I have friends who did, the legacy act at my first Bonnaroo was Paul McCartney, <laughs> followed by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Wow. They were on the same bill, by the way. And Mumford and Sons was squashed in the middle, although they had to drop out. So the legacy act has gone from Paul McCartney and bands such as Dead and Company, which are the reincarnation of the Grateful Dead. Billy Joel. Billy Joel. He El- was, I cried about that one. That Elton was John. Yeah. The Foo Fighters come in now as your legacy act, and they really are. They're Rock and Roll Hall of Fame band. Lizzo oh. stays on the lineup. I want to see Lizzo. She was part of 2020. She makes it into 2021. Yeah, last year should have been her year, and that is, it was heartbreak for her. Billie Eilish. I mean, this was the year that these artists were going to go on their first big tour. And they worked so hard. Yeah. I mean, everybody, everybody was let down last year, but yeah. oh my God. I mean, but when you're an, um, an artist and a musician, it takes such a moment in time for everything to line for up. the stars to align, yeah. And it was there last year. Yeah. So Lizzo remains the first female headliner in Bonnaroo history, by That's the way. That's crazy and kind of makes me angry. <laughs> She's the, I, and, and that has been a kidding? big bone to pick in the Bonnaroo community that there has never been a female headliner. Coachella, in that respect, has already had female headliners put on legendary performances, yeah. such as Beyonce with her homecoming routine. Megan The Stallion, who is arguably coming for Cardi B's wig, is coming to snatch that yeah, wig. Yeah, but they're friends, so it's okay. They work together. She's on the bill. Tame Impala. Tyler, the creator. I want to see Tyler, the creator. Is headlining Sunday night. Dead Mouse is on the bill. Incubus. Can we talk about Incubus again, please? Of course, Bonnaroo, the fun in any festival, really, is not in the in the top lines. No. Like, those are the big names, and yeah, you're going to go, wow, that's going to be yeah. a good show. The smaller acts on this bill are huge. But when you dig into those smaller lines is when that's when you find the meat. Like, like what am I going to do all day? Yeah. Primus is playing. Nelly is playing. Oh, that's fun. The Disco Biscuits. <sighs> we haven't seen the Biscuits since um, Camp, 2017 Camp, Camp Bisco, Bisco. Yeah, That was a good time. That was so much fun. That was probably the wildest music festival we've or, ever been to. Or as my friend said, oh, going to get spun at Bisco. That's huh? <laughs> <laughs> so we found out. <laughs> Ganja White Knight. Oh, no, oh my God, I want to see them. Run the Jewels, Janelle Monet, Glass Animals. Those are the small acts. It's incredible. Again, yeah, these are like we're talking two and, you know, second, as we say in the business, the second and third lines. 
We're not even like really digging in down where you get into wacky names like Mark Rebulet. Oh, oh my God. I like, I feel so silly saying that I was most upset about missing him at Bonnaroo last year. We got into Mark Rebulet. He has gotten us. I think it's very safe for us both to say he's gotten us through yeah. this pandemic. Yeah, he was entertaining. Mark Rebulet is a, um, a looper. But so much more. now. He, well, yeah, his name, I, I wouldn't say it used to be, but he's also known as Loop Daddy. He's an electronic music artist. And l- same thing, last year was his year. He was supposed to all of a sudden go from being the guy who plays on YouTube and does live Facebook feeds. And, and goes to bars to, oh, look, I'm on a festival lineup. Yeah, now we were supposed to go see him do his thing live. He is so weird and amazing, and I'm so excited to see him. Uh, Subtronics, electronic music, Ooh. he is quickly, he's dirty. He played dirty bass oh, music, yeah, Subtronics. It's, it's deep. Brittany Howard, fresh off Grammy wins. Leon Bridges, baby. Baby, I know who that is. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm hip. <laughs> not to be confused with Lil Baby. Okay, oh, you don't you don't different mix, baby. Don't mix up those <laughs> babies. Okay, I mean it really is when you dig in, man. There is some good shit. I want to go because I want to make a video. I made a video series. Was it your 40th birthday the year I did that? No, that was the year after. That was I 2019. So. No, it was 2019. I did a video series called Over 35 and Festing. Because I have so many friends who say to me, I want to go to a music festival, but I feel like I'm too old. And I didn't start going until I was in my 30s. And I don't know how to tell you that you're not too old to go to a music festival. And it was so much fun to make that video. I made three videos and talked to people over 35 who were at Bonnaroo. And this year, I want to go and make like a post-pandemic Bonnaroo video. I'm just so curious to see what this is like. So this is over Labor Day weekend. This is September 2nd to the 5th, which also, by the way, can mess with the biggest factor. And I argue this is sometimes a factor people should take more into account before they go to Bonnaroo, uh, the heat. Yeah. We are going from June in Tennessee to September in Tennessee. I don't feel like it's going to be that much different. I feel like June and September are two different animals. September, well, Pat and I have talked about this because Pat's birthday is in June and mine's in September. And growing up, you always said your birthday parties were summer parties. Outside, it was hot. Mm -hmm. It was a great time. Yes, ma'am. My birthday parties were always kind of fall themed because September was like fall. That's it. There's, There's no more summer left. Now, the seasons have shifted where... The last time we went to Bonnaroo, it was legitimately cold at night in June. And look how far summer pushes into September now. I think it's going to be hot as hell. And I, it doesn't bother me. The heat doesn't bother me at all. So I don't care. Be kind of crazy taking our kid. Be kind of full circle. It would be cool. Because we originally really used Bonnaroo as a way to... It was our getaway. To get a break. Listen. My biggest concern would be... Um, the cashless payment system <laughs> that's been introduced at Bonnaroo, which is genius. Spe- and this was before the pandemic. Um, they, they give you this little wristband that has like a microchipped, <laughs> they're microchipping, they're microchipping you. <laughs> but it's, it's actually really smart because if you, if something happens to you, they can figure out where you were last and stuff like that. Yeah. You register your wristband and then they, they were allowing you to link it up to a, to a check payment. Yeah. So like you, you got scanned every time you entered the grounds and every time you left. So they knew you weren't there. But aside from that, you could walk up to a pizza place and mm-hmm. they could, you know, charge the pizza to your wristband, which 
I mean, that's dangerous for adults. For a 14-year-old boy, I feel like we'd check our account and throw up. There'd be like $100 gone from like three hours. I was going to say just food. Yeah. Just food alone. He's just going to eat his way through the hot room. (laughs) Nothing but but like food. Fun lineup though, huh? It's an amazing lineup. How many sets am I going to see by myself? Foo Fighters? Yes. Not a chance you'll nope, go sit yourself. through that. Okay, not a chance. Anyone else? Tame Impala. By yourself. By myself. Okay. Tipper? Who's Tipper? Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> we are confronted primarily with a moral issue. It is as old as the scriptures. The heart of the question is whether all Americans are to be afforded equal rights and equal opportunities. Whether we are going to treat our fellow Americans as we want to be treated. If an American, because his skin is dark, cannot eat lunch in a restaurant open to the public, if he cannot send his children to the best public school available, if he cannot vote for the public officials who represent him, if in short he cannot enjoy the full and free life which all of us want, then who among us would be content to have the color of his skin changed and stand in his place? Who among us would then be content with the counsels of patience and delay? One hundred years of delay have passed since President Lincoln freed the slaves, yet their heirs, their grandsons, are not fully free. They are not yet freed from the bonds of injustice. They are not yet, not yet freed from social and economic oppression. And this nation, for all its hopes and all its boasts, will not be fully free until all its citizens are free. Do you cancel or educate? And is ignorance a forgotten reason for perhaps some people's viewpoints? That's a loaded question. And I'm going to say this because there's a few, like right now, swirling in in the news around this. The one is a radio host in... Buffalo, New York. Still has a job? No. Oh, okay. He's out. (laughs) But he was discussing, they were discussing on air women, and when they talked about uh, uh, attractiveness, and basically when they they said, well, what about black women? And he talked about certain skin, like... Oh, uh, yeah. And his on-air banter included, you know, I wouldn't date a, a black woman who was as dark as like burnt toast. Like, like I think he said, Serena, Serena, Williams, Serena, yeah. that's like too dark for me. And again, growing up, like in a multicultural world, like I did in Chicago on the South side, I heard this, this in within the African-American community for years and decades and decades, the, the, the colorism argument there. And today there are some folks out there, some giving him a pass. Other folks saying, you know, if he was, I mean, you you asked a question, he answered the question. It's not the worst thing I've heard a radio DJ say. And I'm, I. Ugh. And now the reason why it kind of got me thinking, and I have more examples, don't worry, is that I often have a, a funny little quip. And here's my funny quip. When I'm getting coffee, if someone else is making my coffee, namely AJ, or in the rare chance I'm around someone in the world. They'll say, how much, uh, do you want cream? Yeah, give me the cream. And I say, make it Obama mocha. <laughs> I said, I said, make it like Obama, right? 
President Obama, one of my favorite presidents. I'm from, you know, Illinois, Chicago, so hometown hero, biracial president. And he has a lighter complexion. And I said, boy, if I said that in the wrong company, yeah, could I get called out? And is my little quip, is that not kosher? How about this? What does the word gook mean to you? Oh, it's something bad. I don't know, but it's something bad. That's very interesting that you know it's bad. Yeah. But you don't know. I don't know what it is. You don't know who it's insulting. No, but I wouldn't use it in conversation. And I'd yell at somebody who did. Okay, so it's a a slur against Asian Americans. Okay, gotcha. Tampa Bay Buccaneers cornerback Carlton Davison. Davis, I apologize. He's apologized after tweeting. Oh, my God. And he tweeted, got to stop letting <gasps> gooks in Miami. Ooh, that's nasty. And the, the Asian hate problem is very real right now, so that's not cool. That wouldn't be cool ever, but come on, pal. Except he's claiming. He didn't know what it meant. He didn't know that it was a derogatory term towards Asians. Bullshit. I call bullshit. He used that in a very cohesive tweet. He used that in a tweet and knew exactly what it meant. He's full of it. He's lying. With great power comes great responsibility. This just reminds me, we watched one of the episodes of the Demi Lovato documentary last night. Oh, no, this wasn't even part of the documentary. It was her interview with Joe Rogan. And she was talking about, she's like, I just have to be so careful because I'm a celebrity. I'm like a, like a Disney yeah, star. Too. She's like, I can't offend anybody. So I have to double and triple think everything I say and do. And as much as you want to say, well, it's not her job to raise your kids. You know, it, it is also a responsibility when you have notoriety to use it in a responsible way. And that tweet is not responsible. Now, there is... He still has a job, though, I'm sure, right? Well, we'll see how things go. It's the off-season for the NFL. Anything can happen. (laughs) Anything goes! When you're in the season, there's a lot more leeway, okay? When you're off-season, we can can evaluate. So, let's take him at his word, that he did not know that it was a slur. Now, I don't know in what context he was saying it. I mean, Tampa Bay is by Miami. I don't know what, what I mean, I don't know what that was. I, I have no idea what it meant, right? But let's say all he knew was is that it means the same thing as asshole. Maybe he was trying to say the same thing. Uh, you you got to stop letting assholes into Miami. Um, how about this? Chris Cuomo, and this is old news. Chris Cuomo, CNN reporter, radio guy, brother of Mario, or, uh, Andrew Cuomo, the New York governor, he almost knocked a dude out on video because the guy came up and called him Fredo. Ooh, yeah, no, you don't do that either. And he said that it's a racial slur against Italian-Americans. community, yeah. And he got ridiculed by some people. And this guy's like, what are you talking about? That's a racial slur. So... I wouldn't, uh, I don't want to call it a racial slur, but it's definitely derogatory if you know anything about the Godfather. And I mean, I, I know I had a, I, I dated a guy who was half Mexican and half Italian. And I mean, 100% on both sides. 
it was very split down the middle. So yeah. he was stuck in this like weird. And he was I, Andy Garcia from the Godfather trilogy. Yes. That's actually who he was. Much darker skin though. Yeah. He was he yes. but it was just very strange when we dated to see what he would go through from both sides. He would get called things from both sides. And I can see where Fredo would have been a huge insult. How about one of our favorite movies? Because you laughed our child out of your hoo-hoo because of it. In Clerks 2. Oh, God. Which is a Kevin Smith film, and this is a gag, of course. One of the characters says in front of African-American customers while working the drive-thru at movies. Movies! (laughs) He uses the term porch monkeys. But see, they have a big discussion about it. And, of course, the customers who are African-American lose their mind. I, I think it's, God, I think they're played by, like, Cedric the Entertainer and someone else. But it's, it's, it's a funny scene. They lose their mind. And the employee insists that he, he has yeah. no clue what the racial connotation of Porch Monkey is. And the rest of the film, he spends his time attempting to take the word back. <laughs> he said he's taking it back. <laughs> Not happening. Are these defenses, A, viable, and B, should we take them as teaching moments? Is Why this, would you use a word you don't know the definition of in the first place? Dude, I use, hey, guilty as charged. Really? Bro, I use big words. I don't know what the fuck they mean all the time, okay? <laughs> wow. But I get away with it because, you know... If you sound like you know what it if means. If you sound like you know what you're saying, you can do anything, okay? That and a clipboard, and you can go anywhere in life, okay? I don't know. I just don't find it that hard to, like, think before I speak. for And, and just for other people to have seven million excuses. And we all misspeak once yeah. in a while. Absolutely, that happens. But. So. You know what, though? But do when, we not take these opportunities, though, to educate people and say, okay, you didn't know that? Now you do. Okay, so out of all these examples. The radio one bothers me, and it's more because, like, I feel like he could have left out the burnt toast and the Serena Williams, but it sounds like they were I think having... he could have said Serena. He could Serena, have said, yeah. like, you know what? I like African-American women, more Lisa Bonet. I want lighter skin. Well, and if you're having a conversation about interracial dating, then that's a real conversation to have. Yeah, I don't know the conversation, like, like the context to use of it. burnt toast was not yeah. a good choice, but but yeah. in regards to, like, that and, like, that Tampa Bay player and his tweet, I, I feel like the radio guy shouldn't have lost his job over that. And that's why now some folks, even within the African-American community, are coming out and saying, you know what? I think you have to uncancel this guy. Yeah. I think you have to give him his job back. Because it's kind of the same thing if you were talking about dating a Hispanic girl, you know, or a or a, a white girl. Do you want Irish white? Do you like pale yeah. white? Or do you like, like I don't take offense to that. I am Irish pale white. Or you know, are we talking West Coast golden tan blonde beach yeah. babe? So it's kind of like I don't know. I almost want to give a the radio guy. I want to give him a pass. Because I do the Obama mocha thing with yeah. my coffee because maybe someone could, I mean, I don't know. You tell me. You guys got my email. You know how to find me. Tell me if that's offensive. I don't know. So, I don't know. Radio guy, pass. Tampa Bay guy, no. Tampa Bay? I think he very no much way. knew what he was doing, yeah. Just dopey tweet and- There and, are 7 billion other words you could have used instead of one you didn't know what I mean, it meant. Give me a break, That's pal. a hard word. I, that's mean, a, I, knew it, I knew that's a bad word, and I couldn't even tell you who it's against. Okay. 
So he knew. Clerks 2, still funny? Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a tad outdated, but I still think it's a hilarious movie. The Pat and AJ Podcast Network is available on all your favorite audio platforms. Subscribe today. Follow Pat and AJ on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook now at Pat and AJ. PatandAJ.com. Support the Pat and AJ Podcast Network today by donating on Venmo or Cash App. Powered by the people. The Pat and AJ Podcast.